Hello, listeners. On this show, I talk with everyday African Americans who were able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. I'm proud to announce the upcoming release of my online course, Level Up Lucid, where I'll teach you the art of lucid dreaming and how you can use it to level up your life so that you can solve real-life problems, break false beliefs, and just play around in the subconscious mind that God gave you. If you're interested, you can sign up now to get access to the Level Up Lucid course outline at the Black Gold Pod website. In this episode, I interview Monica Napier-Carter. She is a practice administrator, licensed vocational nurse, mother, and volunteer worker who is currently running for city council in District 6 of her hometown, Seguin, Texas. In our conversation, Monica and I discuss healthcare, education, and her ultimate vision for the city of Sikin. Right now, so hello everyone. This is the Black Gold Podcast, and my guest today is uh, Monica Napier Carter. Hello, Monica. How are you doing today? Hello, Moses. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, Monica and I are old friends. She uh, attended my sister's wedding, which yes. in uh, December before everything happened. So. Yeah. With um, COVID-19 and everything that's going around the country and the nation, uh, Monica decided to run for city council and be representing uh, District 6 in Seguin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Monica works um, in, a, uh, in a nursing clinic. She uh, is a full-time mother, and also she wants to take on this new position. So, Monica... What are your plans with becoming the new city council member of District 6 in Seguin, Texas? <laughs> well, Moses, first of all, let me say, I'm, I'm not even sure why I added yet another thing to my plate. Um, I'm a busy mom. I'm a nurse. I'm a practice administrator. Um, I'm a wife. I am all these things. And yet now I've added this. Um so I can tell you a little bit of how I got started. Is that a good place to start? A good place to start is okay. the beginning. Um, so as we know in our country, there has been um, a great division um, between the Black slash African-American race and uh, just the racial tensions with um police officers and different things. And I can honestly say I've, for the most part, always veered away from some of that because it didn't directly affect me. Um, I'm not necessarily proud to say that, but I'm being honest. Uh, living in our community, we just haven't had that direct tension here in Seguin. Um, or the surrounding areas. And so during the um, 
when the events happened with Mr. Floyd, it seemed to wake up the nation and people who would not have normally got involved or been vocal um, became vocal. And there was a demonstration here in Sigging. And as usual, I was going along with my daily life and my daughters wanted to attend. And so that made me a little nervous. So I decided to go with them. And um, I was, I have to admit, it, it just woke up something in me to see the youth and just to see so many people come together. Um, and that was really where it started, like literally from one day to the next. I ended up speaking at that event, not, not planning to, but I did. And I had a lot of people come up to me and say, oh my gosh, what you said really resonated with me. And oh my gosh, you know, you make good points. And there are points I knew, I just never spoke them out loud. And so during the next demonstration, I was invited to come back. Well, no, let me back up. I went back and I was invited to get up and speak again. And so I did. And that's really how it started. I had um, several people come to me and said, you know, it would be good for you to have a seat at the table. And I kind of laughed it off and uh, it kept coming up. And so here we are. So do you- Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So do you think that um, your current running for the city council, that that is something that you've both been avoiding, but you feel that it is a necessary responsibility for you to take on? I definitely think becoming involved is a responsibility that needs to come on. Um, I think so often we, or I'll speak for me, I'm not going to speak for everybody, um, I think it's easier to sit back and observe the things going on and maybe be vocal to your people in your circle, the people you talk to mostly, the people you work with, the people you, I'm raising children, um, family members, but to really become involved in the community outside your circle. Um, it's just something I, for the most part, never really got involved with. Um, and so, yeah, now I am, and I do kind of wonder what took so long, why, why I didn't maybe do this sooner. Yeah, so do you um, think that being a council member, you would be able to represent the voices of the unheard, overlooked, the ones that don't get any, um, any recognition? Well, I think it's important to understand exactly what city council is. City council, you are working on behalf of the community. I will represent District 6, but I will represent citizens of Seguin. And so the different things that city council deals with will, it will be a way in, but it's certainly, I, let me back up. It will be the first step of many steps that will need to be taken to represent us, other people like us, and people that are not heard. Um, if 
that somewhat answers the question. I don't know that city council is where all the changes will happen, but city council will be able to educate me so that I can help educate others as to what goes on, how things work on the inside and give us some insight to what we need to do to make some changes for those that need it most. So would you say that city council is like the uh, the messenger that takes the messages of the people directly to the, the mayor? What's the, the chain of command? Well, honestly, every citizen, a, a right as a citizen in the United States, anyone has a right to attend a city council meeting, meeting and speak um, at a meeting, whatever concerns you have within your community, within your city, you have a right to go stand before the council and the mayor and the district manager or the city manager and, and speak about whatever the issues are, be it you don't like, you know, there's issues on the street you live in, the streets need to be repaired, there's fallen trees, someone's house is deserted, whatever the issue is, I'm just throwing things out there. Um, you have a right to come before. What city council really does is they help to deal with the business of the city and they help to pass. Um, you basically vote on the different things that people are coming before you and asking for. It may be certain departments within the city that need funding for different projects. It could be a new business wanting to come into town. It could be several different things. And so that's why I say, although the city council is a very important part in making some of the changes we need to make, it's not exactly where that action is gonna take place. So District 6, it's in Seguin. Yes. Um, any uh, major landmarks to anyone who, who wouldn't know where District 6 is on a map? Any major like buildings, landmarks? That... Uh, let's see. So we know how small Sakeen is. Um, the restaurant in the city of Sagin would be the power plant. Do you know where that is? Right past Starkey Park off? Uh, okay, that's District 6. Okay. So back off in there, yeah. Country Club Drive, Guadalupe River Drive, Tour Drive, um, back off in that area where the golf course is and further back um, is District 6. Okay, so what would you say are the members of District 6 that they are looking for right now? Um, I think so one of the things that's going on in district six and it's a little difficult um there's a certain group in district six that are having issues with the lakes i don't know if you've heard save the lakes and different things like that that is a district six problem um many people who were not many but a group of people that reside in District 6 are part of the residents that live along Meadow Lake and the Guadalupe River. And so they have had an issue with um, the River Authority. That is one of their biggest issues. Um, and so the, 
problem with that is it's not necessarily a city problem. It's a county issue. And so I think residents um, within that area are looking for some help from the city to help get that resolved. It's a very expensive issue. And so residents who live along the lake and along the river have lost a lot of money um, as far as property value of their homes. Um, on top of just the recreation of having the lakes and the river available to them. So that's one issue for them. Um, of course, that's a small percentage of the people within that district. Um, I think overall, any resident in Seguin, the biggest things we're hearing is just the lack of retail, lack of restaurants, lack of activities for our youth. Um, that's probably the highest percentage of issues that we're having in Seguin. So figuring out how to bring in more restaurants, bring in retail, there's really nowhere to shop in Seguin. Um, which is a major problem because so much of our financial resources are leaving our community. Um, if you want something decent to eat, you're probably driving to New Brothels or San Antonio or San Marcos or Austin. Um, so there's a huge amount of money that's leaving our city, um, which is basically preventing us from growing as a city. So would you say that uh, now that we have uh, COVID-19, mm -hmm. that has like pushed back any kind of um, ways that the government, that the city of Seguin would want to bring in restaurants and places that um, cater to large people, large, large families, large groups of people? Yes. Um, COVID-19 has definitely caused restriction here in our city and across the United States. Um, I think if anything else, this gives us an opportunity to just think and plan, plan for what we want, plan for what we need to do so that when some of this lightens up, we could be ready to jump full force. Um, Seguin is in the process of doing some things, making some changes, getting some business here. But I think the main thing is trying to figure out why the businesses that have come here in the past haven't survived here. What's happening? Are the wrong businesses coming? What is it we need to do in order to bring business here and support them once they are here? What's the common denominator that's causing businesses not to, not to um, grow here and stay here? Um, again, retail, if, if you need it to go out and buy a new suit, you're either gonna have to order it online or drive to San Antonio. It, it's just not an option. And so again, we're leaving Seguin, we're leaving Seguin for almost everything. And that's, you know, that's really a disadvantage financially of all things, plus inconvenience. So the youth of District 6, what do you think that their um, hopes are for betterment of the area? Um, one of the 
big things, I one of my platforms, and I was pulled back a little because I seem to focus so much on the youth, but it it really made me think back to growing up in Seguin. Um, my biggest fear for our youth is that when they do grow up, go off to college or do whatever they're going to do, what's going to make them want to come back here and make Seguin home? Mm -hmm. um, if we don't figure out some ways to keep them vested here, why would you want to make this home? Why would you want to raise the next generation here in Seguin? And so we really need some activities, um, some affordable activities. Seguin has done a, well, a good job with different club teams. You know, there's club football, club basketball, club baseball, all of those things. But not everyone can afford the high price dollar tags that yeah. come along with that. And now in school, unless you've been on a club team, you can't make the team. Whereas when I was in school, you tried out. And if you were really, really good, you made the A team. And if you were mediocre, you made the B team. And if you weren't good at all, you made the C team. But you were at least on the team. And part of being on a team means you practice and you work together and you get better. That's not what's happening now. Um, you, your family has to be in a certain financial makeup in order to be able to put your children through these clubs. And so I would, you know, there's really nothing to do about that because if you can afford to put your child in these clubs, then, you know, that's great. But I feel like we're leaving so much hidden talent on the table um, by not including them. And so we've got to do, I'm sorry, my work phone was ringing. Uh, we got to do a better job of um, just getting some different activities and programs for them. Um, you know, we need a youth center. We need a boys club and a girls club where, where kids can go and have a safe place to shoot some hoops and throw a volleyball around and, you know, whatever other recreational things. Kids, you know, they can't cook, they can't sew, they can't wash, they can't do any. So just some home ec classes and different things, to cooking classes, um, just things that we can teach the children, but mostly a safe place for them to go and learn and, and all of that. Um, in addition to that, we need some recreation. We need, you know, you need to be able to go roller skating. You need to be able to go play arcade. You need to have a pizza parlor to go hang out with your friends. You need, and there's none of that here. You know, we, when I was growing up, I sound old, but when I was growing up, we had all of those things. Um, we had really good times here. Seguin was a cool place. Um, but the kids growing up here now, they really have nothing. So they're getting into other things. They're hanging out at home. They're playing video games. Social skills are going downhill um, because all they do is text now. Um, we've got to figure out a way to get kids um, out and about and communicating and having some fun things to do. 
So one of the leading industries in Seguin, um, as I'm pretty sure you you already know, is the healthcare for the elderly. Yeah. Yes. So um, are there any initiatives for bringing in the elderly? Sorry, I, I thought I I thought I hit mute. Hold, hold on one second. So sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Um, so, uh, so do you think that um, city council, the city of Seguin, should be uh, promoting its health, um, its systems, uh, the Guadalupe County medical system, all of their uh, health and wellness? stuff that they have to the elderly or do you think that the focus should be more uh, youth oriented? I don't think there should be any age discrimination at all regarding healthcare. Um, healthcare is probably, no, not probably, it's, it's especially during COVID-19. Um, it's, definitely one of the areas that deserves a great amount of attention. Um, and so I think it would be a huge disadvantage to single it out in one direction or the other. Um, one, one thing that's really good and, and where Guadalupe County differs from many people is our local hospital here at Guadalupe Regional Medical Center is a county hospital. And one of the advantages of that is that you are not turned away for services if you don't have insurance. Most places can't say that. Um, the hospital works very closely with the county. They have a program that is a indigent program. And what that does is um, if you qualify, there's this, you know, there's the healthcare system where you can afford um, private healthcare insurance or your job offers it to you. And then there's the middle person who has to go out and try to figure out how to purchase healthcare that they either can or cannot afford. And then you have another group of people who cannot afford it at all. And so for the group that their provider or their job offers it, great, you got it. Um, for the group that qualifies for government funding, which is your Medicaid programs and things like that, that's taken care of. But there's that middle group that's having a very difficult time because what they can afford which is labeled Obamacare. None of the hospitals and doctors are accepting it. And so what's happened is um, people go out, they purchase insurance, not realizing that the doctors in your community do not accept that insurance. Now, that's a whole other subject because that's really a government thing. Um, I, I think if we could take away the name Obamacare and just call it marketplace insurance or whatever insurance, we wouldn't be dealing with the, oh, we're not gonna take it. You know, that's another whole subject 
for another whole day. Um, but no, I, I think that health care um, is something that we all deserve. Um, with that comes costs. I, I work at a provider's office. I know how expensive it is to run a practice. Um, insurances have made it so hard for providers to provide whatever level of care they're trying to give because everything you want to do for your patient requires approval from your insurance. So what that does is it takes your staff taking time away from patient care to sit on the phone with the insurance company to beg them to approve something that your provider knows that your patient needs. And so healthcare over the years has become very, very challenging. Um, no longer is it about just the common uh, connection between doctor, nurse, patient, and family. It's truly about documenting just so you can get paid by the insurance and keep your hospital doors or your office practice doors open. Um, it, it's, it's very difficult, very difficult. And COVID-19 um, has really caused challenges. Um, you know, so many patients who have become sick and have ended up on ventilators and, and all of those things, um, they don't have the resources to afford it. And does a person's care, is it affected by what you can afford and what you cannot? I, I would think it does. Does that mean it's right? No. And so one of the things I can say for our county and our hospital here is they have done a remarkable job of, of providing quality health care to everyone that needs it. And that says a lot for small towns again. Is that only for citizens of Seguin or is it for anyone comes in? From that is for citizens of Guadalupe County. Now, let me back up. They don't turn anyone away. Okay, if you are passing through, you know, you're driving from Florida and something happens and you're passing through Seguin, they're treating you, okay? Um, but as far as some of the programs that you can qualify for, those are county programs. Those are Guadalupe County residents that will qualify for some of those programs. Okay. Yeah. Don't turn anyone away. They are always accepting of anyone who comes to the doors uh -huh. and needs uh, medical attention. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of, you know, um, a lot of places don't do that. They don't. Um, many people, especially in different states and cities, they get turned away if they cannot afford health care. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad and you know, that's when you have the whole two-sided way of looking at does everyone afford healthcare or deserve healthcare? I think the answer would be yes. 
Um, the question does end up being, how do you pay for it? Who pays for it? Whose responsibility is it? And that's where it, 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 it gets tricky. Different countries do provide just a standard level of healthcare. And it doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States or just Monica Napier Carter and Moses Tillman Young sitting here. If we walked into a place, they may get a little better treatment, but our quality of care would be the same. Um, but then <laughs> treatment isn't the same for most people for many different reasons. And so that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, so the quality of healthcare is very important as well, especially right now. Yeah. People who need to seek medical attention for um, other injuries and maladies, but they can't because hospitals are now uh, focused towards um, uh, people who have the virus. So, no. oh, keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, so, one of the things um, I'd really like to discuss, we are almost out of time, but is um, education. And what are your plans for education concerning District 6? Um, education, and, and I will say, I, I will break down again, District 6 would be, District 6 is kind of my way to the seat because that is who I would represent, but once I'm in, I would represent everyone. Education has changed so much over the years because we have seen as time has evolved that an education at one point isn't the same as it was today, meaning 20 years ago, we were all striving. No, let me back up. Many years ago, we were all striving. Our parents were happy just to graduate high school. And if you were very fortunate, you were doing excellent if you went on to college. Now, you come from a household and a family of very educated people. Your mother, your father both graduated from Ivy League schools. Um, and has done an excellent job of ensuring that each of their children got a quality education. Um, so education was instilled in you very early in your life, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think I can say that. Um, and so I think that's the same thing that most families want for their families and want for their children. Um, you know, I, there was a time that if you got your high school diploma, you were doing great. Um, when I graduated, we all needed to aspire to go to college and at the least get our bachelor's. Um, and by the time my oldest daughter graduated, she needed to have a master's. And by the time my youngest graduated, she needed to have a PhD. And so we have all had to go a little further and a little further and a little further. 
to maybe not even necessarily have more than we had with just that bachelor's. And what I mean by that is financially. Um, it's, it's almost as if, um, if you tell everybody to go do it and we're all aspiring to get there at some point, we all have to go a little further to get ahead. Um, and by doing that, um, I'm not sure that we have spoke to, and I, I'm talking about not, not necessarily me or you or our families, but I'm not sure that we have educated and prepared to get our children in school and through school without ending it owing a ton of money. Um, not every family, not most families are able to write a check and put their child through school. We're, I mean, it's just not possible. Some, for some it is, but for us it's not. So I think the first thing families, because education is bigger than just the student. It's the parents trying to help get the kid in college, but it's also the parent and the student trying to figure out if college is really for them. So many students go off to college because that's what they're told they need to do. And they truly don't have an ambition to do it. And so what I have seen is um, many kids don't graduate college, but they still owe that 60 or $70,000 in student loans that they racked up yeah. because they just didn't finish. You know, they moved off, they went and lived in the dorm, they had a good time, <laughs> but they truly did not get an education. But the thing is, it's not a education or no education. Uh, if, you, if you graduate, you have to pay us. If you don't, don't worry about us. If you come and if you go here, you have to pay. And so we have our, our children signing these promissory notes to the government, not really understanding and realizing what they're signing. Um, and I really think that's a disadvantage. I, I don't think that we're setting our children up to really know that it's a serious conversation that needs to be discussed. Is college for you? And if it is, let's figure out how to get you through it, but not being in debt before you even walk the stage and get your diploma. Um, you know, there's junior colleges that can be paid out of pocket, you know, work, <laughs> push carts at HEB or, you know, go do whatever you have to do. Let's take some junior college classes. Let's get that stuff done. Or better yet, let's bust our tail all through high school and let's get into a good college with an academic scholarship. There's so much free money out there on the table but I don't know if we're really pushing our kids to do what needs to be done. I, I don't, I, I, 
I don't know that. Um, so many kids, when you ask them, why do you want to go to school? Oh, because I, I'm ready to get out of my parents' house or, well, I, you know, my, my mom and dad said I need to go to college, but they have no clue what they want to do, why they want to do it, how they're going to do it. And, you know, I, I think we need to have a better understanding of finances and the financial responsibility that comes with going off to college. Um, and I don't think we should underestimate there's so many trade programs and trade schools out there. And you have some of those people, some of those young adults coming out of trade school earning so much more money than some of the kids coming out with a bachelor's in management that still end up working the same average job that they would have had they not gone to school. Yeah. So, and, and that's not to say I don't believe in education. I do. I totally do. But I think it's time, there's so much competitiveness now. And our country is in such a financial strain right now that I think you really have to take an honest look at the lifestyle you wanna have. Um, what's important to you? Um, do you, we can't underestimate the importance of benefits, meaning healthcare. We can't underestimate the benefits of retirement and planning ahead and investing and all of those things. And so, you know, we have to be talking to our children about a good career choice, um, a, a school that has the major you want to major in, you know, some kids go off to school, they want to go to A&M or they want to go to UT or they want to go to Baylor or they want to go to Mary Hardin Baylor or wherever. And the school they want to go to because they like the football team there doesn't even have their major. <laughs> I mean, so we, we, I, what I mean to say is we just have to have some, some serious conversations with our kids and, and really make sure that we are setting them up for success and not make them feel as if they don't necessarily go to a top of the line college, that they're a failure. Unless you can write that check, sign that check and they can walk out of it debt free. Okay, so do you think that the education of an anti-racist curriculum would be important to both the quality and also the uh, quantity of students that would want to um, increase and go to schools that would allow them to pursue what they want to? I think that that's definitely a benefit. And I think that's something that should start before college. I, I think if we're having um, uh, health classes that include um, sex when they're in the sixth grade, why can't we be talking about racism in the fifth? Um, you know, we, we seem to not discuss things that really truly 
matter. Um, and I think if many of these discussions would be started earlier on, we would be in such a better place by the time these kids are in middle school and in high school, so that by the time they go to college, it's not even a thought, you know? Um, yeah, we, that, that's a good point. I, I think that would be a great idea. So um, what are your first steps that you want to uh, bring before the city in terms of either repairing or continuing something that's good that's being done at District 6 in Tigan, Texas? One of my first steps, if I, I I'm going to say outside, again, bringing businesses to our community that will keep some of our money in our community, that, that's an automatic. Um, my next step and focus would be definitely bringing some type of a center to our community that would, and, and I'm, I have this vision, I, I see this place somewhere here um, that is just kind of like an all event center, you know, a place where if you're a parent, your senior can go hang out with their kids in the food court while mom and dad can let Joey and the eighth grade be in the arcade while they're over in the laser tech part of the place with the eight-year-old. Um, just kind of all stop shop where, um, a couple of vendors can go in and be part of the food court. You know, let's have a burger joint. Let's have a pizza parlor. Let's have an ice cream parlor. Let's have a wings and more parlor. Let's, um, and the, the problem with any thought we have is how do you make it happen? Um, whose responsibility is it to happen? And we know that money is typically the root of all things. You know, if you have some money, things can happen. And if you don't, how do you figure out how it to happen? And so um, I think we need people to volunteer. I, need, I think we, there's so much talent like right here in this city. There's people that can paint, there's people that can weld, there's people that can lay floors, there's people that can organize, there's people that can decorate, there's people that have so many talents. And so if we could all come together, you know, the high school has a class that is like a construction welding building class that could be how they get hours. That could be how they get training. So it's a win-win. They're getting and building some of the skills they need while they're investing in something that they can see down the line as being a part of something. Um, you know, my biggest fear is if some of the kids, and I'm talking some of the vested people, um, the future vested people don't see any value in this community. What happens when the few people that still do linger out 
you know, who's that next group that's going to come in and want to put forth the time and the effort? 20 years ago, it wasn't me. Um, 10 years ago, it wasn't me. But I'm slowly approaching that age where I'm realizing, okay, if not me, or why not me, then who? And, and so we do, we, we just need to get involved and we need to want to be a part of, and we need to quit thinking about it and sitting back and waiting for someone else to do it and figure out, okay, because it's happening everywhere else. So what makes us any different? Um, there's so many bright, um, educated people right here. Why can't we be part of the resolution of making things bigger and better? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are all going over time. So my last question to you, Monica, is um, if you had the opportunity to send a worldwide text, what would your message be? Oh, a worldwide text. My text to the world would be, let's love, let's listen, let's Let's give, let's volunteer, let's just let's, let, let's not have any limitations on how wonderful we can be. You know, if we would all just respect one another and not be judgmental and we, we would be on the right track of being, being literally the best place ever. And so, um, you know, let's not allow our past to define our future. Let, let's get involved. Let's be a part of the changes that need to come. And uh, let's just be safe and, and let's love each other and push each other and encourage each other. And, uh, you know, great things are going to happen. We just got to keep pushing. Keep pushing. Well, Monica, thank you very much for being on the Black Gold Podcast. Thank you, Moses. I'm so proud of you, too. Thank you very much. Uh, where can people go to learn more about what you want to do, your plans for city council and the like? Um, my... You, they can find me on Facebook under Monica Napier Carter. Uh, email is myncarter at gmail.com. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm old now, Moses, so I, I'm not Instagramming and uh, Snapchatting and, <laughs> and all of that. My kids say I need to. Um, but, uh, and hopefully, uh, if and when I win city council, I'll be on the City of Sagin website, and they can find me there too. Okay, it sounds wonderful, Monica. Thank you very much. Thank you, Moses. Thank you for having me. Oh, um, it's a real pleasure. <laughs> we discussed today. All right, thank you. Hope to see you again. You too. Bye bye. All right, bye. <laughs> I'm proud to announce the upcoming release of my online course, Level Up Lucid, 
where I'll teach you the art of lucid dreaming and how you can use it to level up your life so that you can solve real life problems, break false beliefs, and just play around in the subconscious mind that God gave you. If you're interested, you can sign up now to get access to the Level Up Lucid course outline at the Black Gold Pod website. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Gold Podcast. Please subscribe and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at the Black Gold Pod in order to be updated about new episodes each week. In order to listen to incredible and inspiring stories, please go to the Black Gold Podcast website and make a donation so the stories of these incredible and amazing people We'll be waiting for you each and every week so that you may be inspired and become an inspiration to someone else. You can find all of that and more on the new Black Gold Podcast website, blackgoldpod.wordpress.com. That is B-L-A-C-K-G-O-L-D, P as in Paul, O-D, dot, WordPress, as in the blogging website, dot com. Again, that is blackgoldpod.wordpress.com. dot com.